Welcome to the Rise Up in Business podcast. I'm Tracy Myler Crane and I'm your host. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a mum to two wonderful little people. This podcast is designed to be the business and law podcast for small business owners. Each episode explores different business and legal concepts in a clear and easy to understand way, all delivered in bite-sized chunks that are easy to listen to. You're sure to be able to take little nuggets of gold from each episode and implement them into your business straight away. I'm bringing you these podcast episodes each week with my intention being to share with you what you need to know to feel empowered so you can rise up and take control in your business. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rise Up in Business podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me again for this new season of the podcast where we really are talking to business owners who have been in business for a while and they've reached that point now where you think, huh, business is doing all right. I'm able to pay myself an income, but now what do I do? And That is a question that comes up so often. And today I'm joined by Jess Osborne, and I'm really, really happy to be bringing this conversation to you. Jess is a business coach who specializes in marketing, and she's been doing this for about the same amount of time I've been doing this. And we both have a passion for supporting service based businesses. And I just know that you're going to get so much out of today's conversation. Jess, hi, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you, Tracy. Thanks for that lovely intro. I cannot wait to talk about this with you today because I think you've nailed my exact passion around business and marketing, like what to do when you hit that growth plateau. And it's really common, you know, it's, it's easy to be motivated and to get started and to get your business going. You know, sooner or later, we all hit that spot where growth is stalled. I call it, you know, you're on that plateau. You're like, what next? What do I need to do next? And this is where we do need to take a step back and think, well, what got you to where you are is actually what's keeping you where you are. To get to that next level, we actually need to have a really good look at what it is that you're doing and what does that next level business look like for you? Like, what is it that we're trying to achieve? And then go back to our strategy and get those you know, the nuts and bolts back into alignment because usually they've just sort of got a little bit out of alignment because we've evolved and we've evolved naturally. And what we started off with has then, you know, emerged into something that is great. But yes, we can do better. Oh, I love that, Jess. I've just resonated with everything you just said. And I know that so many of my listeners will as well. I wanted to dive in today and talk about the importance of niching in business. Once we reach this point in our small business where we've got some runs on the board, we've been doing it for a while, and we're starting to think about all of the things we should be doing. And I really wanted to bring you on to talk about this because I know from my experience, niching scared the crap out of me. I honestly thought if I niche, I'm actually going to be reducing my pool of clients. I'm going to be reducing my business. And it was really disconcerting. And I know that so many business owners have the same view. It can be debilitating almost. And this is one of your areas of absolute specialty. So let's talk about niching. Why is it that we need to start talking about niching when we get here? It's never too soon to talk about niching. Yes, absolutely. It's something that you can do at multiple stages in your business. And I even think the smaller your business is and the newer it is, the more important it is to actually get on board with it if you want to grow quickly. If you want to spend a long time getting to where you're going, then 
sure, stay in that generalized zone, but you're going to find it much, much harder. And that's what honestly why a lot of businesses don't make it. You know, we get all those stats of how many small businesses don't make it past their first 18 months, two years, five years. They haven't actually got really serious and yes, done that scary thing, faced the fear and gone, I'm going to specialize in this particular area. You know, you hit on some really common threads and this is exactly what I work with with my clients is, you know, does niching mean that it makes your market smaller? Are you leaving opportunities on the table? And you can look at it in that way, yes. But the way that really we all need to start thinking about it is how many clients do you need to make your goals and even to make your absolute stretch dream goal, like the most amount you could ever imagine earning in your business, how many clients do you really need to be hitting that number? And I guarantee you, it's not even a fraction of the market that you think that you need. (laughs) In Australia alone, small businesses make up 97% of all business. So if you say I target small business, well, guess what? That's about four and a half million businesses. Do you really think that you need four and a half million businesses? No, like it's absolutely incredible. And this is why it's so important to get more specific because when you're not clear, they're not clear. So none of your marketing is making someone think, well, actually they're the one for me. I can see this business is there to support exactly my business and exactly what I'm going through. If you're not specific and you can't be specific then in your marketing, nobody's getting that feeling from what you're doing. And that's why it's so hard to attract clients. And when you're in that place, you might think, yeah, I am getting clients, but I would say, well, are they what I like to call five-star clients? Are you just settling for whatever work actually walks in your door and feeling like if you've got an opportunity that walks in the door that you've got to do it and you've got to service it? Now, they're two totally different ways of operating your business. So let's dive into that for a moment because I think that when you compare the apples with oranges, you'll see the real difference. What most service businesses are doing are thinking, and this comes from us, I guess, growing up, going to school, being employees, and probably most of us have done some sort of customer service job when we were young. (laughs) So we're there to serve, do whatever the customer wants. You know, the customer's always right. We're here to service. So we're looking out to the market, like, what would you like me to do? What would you like me to do next? And this is a very much employee mindset-based thinking. When you're running a business like that, that means that you've got a client or a prospect coming to you saying, oh, I'd like to do this. And you're thinking, okay, how could I do that? And you might make up some pricing. You might figure out how you're going to do it. You're basically just letting the market dictate your business. And you'll often be then in a price comparison space against other people because you're comparing the what of what you do and what you can do and how much will you charge me for that versus how much will they charge me, you know. And when a client is making a decision based on price, they're the only one who wins. (laughs) The service provider does not win in that place. So, We want to shift away from that. And when you can be in a place where you're actually defining who the clients are that you want to work with, you're going to say, well, what does a five-star client look like for me? What would make that be an absolutely incredible business relationship that is high value for both of us? We both feel like we're getting five-star value. Our client is amazing. They're high paying. The work is quality. We're inspired. We're excited by what we're doing every day. And our business is in a place where we're growing. 
And they're also feeling like they're getting incredible value. This is an amazing relationship. This is helping me. That is what I call a five-star relationship. Now, the way you get that is by being specific about who that five-star client is and how you help them. And yes, you might be saying no to some of the other work, but wouldn't you rather be saying no to that so that you can bring in more of the five-star work that you really want? Now, while you're filling up your schedule with all of the one or two star, the kind of, I'll just do a bit of this and a bit of that and dabbling here and there, you're not becoming known for something. You're not creating that authority. You're not in that space where you're there to attract in the right people. That's what is really possible for anybody. And it actually just starts with getting specific, which brings us back to why niche. That's why. Because if 80% of your clients are five-star clients, you're bringing that high-value work you can be working less and earning more and imagine what you can be doing with that extra time. You could take that extra time and use it for your family. Maybe you're in a place where you're thinking, actually, I'm working a lot more than I thought I would be as my own boss. I'm actually working more for myself than I ever was for someone else. And yeah, while that might be good, you know, is that what you really want? Imagine if you could work less and earn more. Well, you can do that when you have the five-star clients. Whereas when you're kind of scrambling around, picking up jobs and, and sort of just servicing whatever the market's saying they want, you're going to be on a long, slow road to getting there. And that's probably where we've reached that plateau. That price ceiling comes in when you're just marketing and, and pricing and servicing based on money <laughs> when you're a commodity and we don't want to be a commodity you want to be something that's different what's your real value I love hearing this because you're so spot on with everything you say and I could not agree with it more something you said was really interesting Jess and that was letting the market dictate what you do let's talk about that because I know that fear comes into this a lot and I know that at least my experience talking to the clients that I act for it's driven by fear. I don't want a niche because I don't want to reduce the pool of clients that I can act for. But then trying to flip that is what you said. So by not niching, we're letting the market dictate what it is that we're doing versus us dictating what we're doing. How do we make that switch? So to niche, you've said start by getting really clear on your five-star client, but also get really clear on what you want in terms of life and business. But Once we're clear on that, how do we flip it from letting the market dictate to us dictating? How do we make that jump, I suppose? It is a lot easier than what it sounds. Um, When you've decided and when you're clear on who your niche is, as in what it is that you're specialising in, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here for a moment. When we talk about your niche, this is what you are becoming known as. It's what you're marketing. It's not everything that you do. You can still choose to offer other things behind the scenes, but if you're trying to market everything that you do, (laughs) that is where your message becomes very cloudy and very difficult to get across and land. See, your niche is what you market. It's not what you do. You can do more, but you really want to focus in and zone in on what is it that's going to attract my five-star clients to come and work with me. Now, I always encourage my clients to be really quite critical of what they're doing and with what their service offering. You know, what are you currently doing that's not profitable, that's draining your energy, you don't enjoy it, that you're doing because someone asked you if you could do it once upon a time and you said yes, and then it's become one of your services and you've kept on adding to your stack of services. Guess what? Someone else could do that. 
So you can decide, do I want to keep doing this within my business? Is it critical for my business? Could I outsource it? Could I delegate it? Or should I actually refer it on to someone else and say, you know what? I'm actually not going to offer that service anymore. I'm going to stay here in the most profitable zone and build my business in this column. Now, by not offering those add-on tack-on services, that doesn't make you any less successful, it actually can help you be more successful because you're creating the space to do more of the thing that you're best at, where your real value is. Now, you asked, how do you flip from being the employee to, you know, really owning your space? It really comes from a change in your mindset that you're not an employee of the market. (laughs) You're not there just to do whatever someone briefs to you and to go, sure, I'll put a price around that and I'll, I'll put it back and I'll service you. You know, that's a freelancer. Yes, you can continue to be a freelancer, but if you want to take that next step up to being a real business owner and grow a business, then you're going to put on either the cap or step into the shoes, whatever you'd like to imagine of the business owner and say, well, this is what I do. This is what I specialize in. This is who I work with. And you state it, you put it out there. And once you're putting it out there, it is incredible what happens. The only way you can experience this is to try it. So I encourage you to try it. (laughs) Put it out there, put it on your website, put it on your social media, tell everyone, this is what I do, or this is who I work with and see what happens in the change of who is now contacting your business. Really, all you need to do is to step into that power. You can still decide, say you need to make some more money this month and someone comes in who's not your ideal client. Guess what? You can choose to service them if you want. Absolutely. Or you can choose to say, you know what? I know that more of my ideal client are out there and are coming and I'm going to say no so that I've got the room to allow them in when they decide to come. Now, that's a personal decision. When you really want to step into that next level of your business, I'd be thinking, you know, do more of the leading, do more of the person who's saying, this is what I do. And that's not what I do because that's helping to form your authority. It's helping to create your reputation in that space. It's not about, oh, you know, go and work with her because she'll just say yes to everything. (laughs) You know, that's not what we're about here. We're about actually saying, well, this is my real value. This is the value that I provide. And I know that when I do my best, my clients get the best. It's a win-win for both of us. Whereas when I'm accepting work that's not ideally suited to me, it's not a win-win for both, is it? It's not a great win for the client and it's not really a great win for you because it's not going to be the best that you can produce. Yes, switching that. And I think that one of the real added benefits to doing this as well, to when you do niche down, And I want to come back to the point about you'll have less opportunity because it's a fear and a belief, but it's been proven not to be so. So we'll come back to that in a moment. But the real benefit as well is think about how much you can systemize, automate and reduce the amount of processing and admin that you have in the background. When you have a really clear defined niche and what you offer and for who, you can build your systems and processes to support exactly that. You've got a reduced number of services that you're offering and that means that you can template it, systemize it, you know, put all of that in place behind the scenes, which doesn't take a long time, but guess what? It reduces the amount of time you're spending working. And if that's not an amazing benefit to think about, I don't know what is because we all want to have less time doing the behind the scenes unpaid work, right? More time earning the money, like you want to spend more of your time on actual paid, you know, the stuff that's bringing the revenue in and earning it. 
and much less on just the management behind the scenes. And when you can reduce what you're offering and be more clear and specific in it and what you're offering as well as to whom, then that gives you so much power to cut the waste in your business. I love that. I suppose it's a pathway you've just given as to the reasons why you want to niche and how to niche. And I love what you've said about mindset. I'm, I'm very much one of those converts, I suppose, that everything starts and ends with your mindset. And I love that. And that's so important here too. Let's just dive into the fear factor about the, you're going to be attracting less and you'll be reducing your pool of clients because I know it's not true and you know it's not true, but there are so many people that spend a lot of time hovering in this space before having the courage to actually move forward and niche. So let's talk about that and the mindset and the fear. You know, when you think about where we're working, and I'm assuming most service-based businesses these days that we're working with are online businesses. You might have chosen to work within a geographical area, for example, Australia, or even within a state or a city, or globally, you know, and a lot of us can be global. Look, every day, there are more and more businesses People are starting businesses every day and all of these businesses need services and need help. Just sit for a moment and think about the abundance of opportunity out there that you are not even aware of. Like you are not playing in a very small pond. You're playing in an enormous ocean. And that's why, again, we want to be really clear and specific because go try to go fishing in an ocean, you know, who are you going to catch? We want to kind of rein in what part of the ocean, where is my, where's my real sweet spot here? Where's my fishing spot? It might not be geographically, but it might be the type of business, the exact type of work, which is usually when I'm talking to service-based online businesses, that's where we want to focus on. What I talk to my clients about is, you know, really stop looking at the competition, stop thinking about, oh, she's doing that. That means I can't do it. That means we're competing for the same clients. There's so many people that aren't even finding you yet. I would be thinking about how can I reach more people? How can I become more visible? How can I reach all the people that don't even know I exist? And if you're doing the same activities, like say you might be in some certain Facebook groups or, you know, this is the way that you tend to, you've created your network, that is a tiny, tiny portion of, of the opportunity that's out there. So I actually created a little freebie that I put out just for this purpose because I thought everybody's just in their lane doing what they're doing, doing the same things and thinking that there's no opportunity because no one's coming. Firstly, no one's coming because they're not clear about what it is that you're doing, especially you know this, if you're relying on referrals, that means you're very unclear because no one is finding you, no one who does find you is understanding or connecting. If you're doing the same things, you're playing in the same space. Always be thinking, well, how can I reach out to some more new people? So I created this like free guide. It was called the 12 brilliant ways to reach your ideal client. Number one thing people joining my group say that's their struggle is how to reach ideal clients. Yes. Well, if you're doing the same things, then that's probably why, you know, you're in the same space. It's a very long, slow way to, to gain people. So there's 12 ways in there. I won't go through them now because we, we don't want to speak for hours and hours here. So you can come <laughs> and download it off my website if you want that. But the idea is, you know, you need to be out there and reaching into new audiences. And I think that if you're doing those two things, if you get very clear and specific, you know, become that leader, like step into those shoes of, right, this is who I want my business to be. This is who I want to work with. That's who I'm wanting to attract more of. It's not the only person that you're going to attract. We are not black and white. We're not cut and dried. There's no, you know, you're square, you're round. 
we're all shades of it all, right? So when you define your ideal client, that doesn't mean that they are the only thing that you're ever going to attract because you've been specific about it. Guess what? There's no such thing as the exact match of that. Like you're going to have varying gray shades of gray, you know, and you want to attract more that are the stronger shades, the closest match versus the ones that are like on the outskirts because you've defined that that's who that is going to be great for you to work with. So people finding you, they're not going to be put off by thinking, oh, that's not me, unless you actually want to be repelling some of those people. And trust me, here's a, here's a like, I think one that I find really funny. So I work with women and it says it everywhere. You cannot miss that, I don't think. Yet I still have guys who come and book in the calls. They reach out to me. They follow me on social media. It does not stop them. So if that doesn't put you off, you know, or tell you, you know what, you can be specific and it's not going to stop all the others from coming still. You can choose who you want to work with. (laughs) That's going to be an aha moment, Jess, because I know that there's a lot of fear attached to niching because you think, oh, but if if I niche and if I articulate and share with the world what my niche is, I won't be able to do anything other than that. So you've just unpacked that and that'll be a real aha moment for so many people because it certainly was for me. That niching means that's what your marketing focuses on, but you can still do other things if you choose to. That's a big takeaway. And that freebie sounds amazing. And we'll include the link to that in the show notes, as well as the link to your website and your Instagram handle. So people can jump in and take a look because whilst I think this conversation has been fabulous, and I think that there are so many little nuggets of gold here for small business owners who are embarking on their niching journey. We still do need support. We still do need help and that's okay. It's important that business owners know that that's okay. And so we will include the links to your details in the show notes so people can reach out if they want to get in touch with you to help just to explore it a little bit more or to really get stuck in on the niching journey. It is a process and I just want people to think, don't worry if you're finding it hard because it is hard. You know, I have clients who come to me, they've been trying to niche for three years, (laughs) like they've known they need to and they've been muddling through and often it, it is just maybe some different questions that we're asking and me getting maybe a little bit tough. <laughs> um, but look, there's different ways that we can do that. And, and it's one of the biggest topics I do in my Business Jam program because Business Jam is about, you know, how do you attract those five-star clients? Well, the most critical thing is actually we start with the niche and we spend a good few weeks on it up front because, I don't want that to sound arduous or long. Like there's many layers that we get through. And if you're still thinking, I'm not sure if I'm niched enough, that means you're usually not. Right. Okay. That's a good tip. So people might go, oh, I work with mums or busy mums or something like that. Well, guess what? Mums, you know, how many of them? (laughs) There's a a zillion of them. What is it about it? Like, where are they at? What are they thinking? What is it that they're struggling with? Like, we really need to dive into so many layers to uncover your sweet spot, like the real, what you mean. So that when you say it and whatever you're imagining in your head, when you're thinking about the busy mum, that you're articulating that same image that the person reading it is understanding, well, that's me or, oh no, I am busy and I'm a mum, but that's not me that they're describing because you're trying to pull in the ones who actually really need you. They're the ones who are going to convert. They're the ones who are going to be the ones who need what it is that you offer. So 
yeah, there's many layers of it. And I find most people, even if they think they've done it before somewhere else, they generally haven't gone deep enough, you know, especially if you're finding you're not attracting the right clients or you're not attracting what you'd think of five-star clients. If that's happening or you're not attracting anyone at all, then they're really all signs that, you know, we need to start spending a little bit more time and focus in on your niche and, and really nut, nut it out. I think that's a good point too for business owners to know it's not it doesn't need to be scary it's not set and forget you can continue to work on it continue to tweak it until you get it just right and that's what I really want people to take away as well from this episode that it's not a one size fits all and it's not a do it once and that's it you can't go back and you can't make changes because you can it's not etched in stone <laughs> no and that's empowering I think and the fluidity I think is empowering for business owners Jess thank you so much for sharing I really enjoyed having you on to have this conversation and as I say I just know that there's going to be so many business owners listening to this that get value out of it and we'll include all your details in the show notes Jess thank you thank you Tracy that's it for today's episode Thank you for joining me. I very much appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you found this episode to be of value for you in your business, I would be ever so grateful if you would take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that will help this podcast reach the ears of more business owners. If you haven't already, don't forget to jump over to my website and download your free copy of my annual legal checklist designed specifically for small business owners. And if you're ready to set your business up so you can get paid every time hassle-free, check out my course, Getting Paid Made Easy. You can access these resources on my website at tmsolicitor.com.au. Remember, in business, prevention is better than cure. I'll be back with another episode for you next week. Until then, take care.